This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the spoiler room. Ah, welcome to the spoiler room. <laughs> Today we got we got Cole in the room. Hello, Cole. What's up? How's it going? Good. You get to the chopper, <laughs> and then and then we have we have Dawn, Dawn the diva, diva the spoiler room. Yeah, I Dawn. Making us regret The Terminator got a tongue, and then we got Hawkeye. We got Hawkeye. We got Paul. Hello, Paul. Hi. How are you? I'm good. It's not a tumor. It's good. not a tumor. It's my hair. It pots wrong. And then we have we have Mr. Scotty D. Hello, Scotty D. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Get to the party. My God, is that what we sound like? Then we have then we have uh, we have we have Tony. We've got Tiger Dude. Hello, Tiger Dude. Hello, Mr. <laughs> What's the guy? How you doing? I'm, ah, the guy. Ah, I'm doing good. It's the Ice Age. Oh. <laughs> You've been terminated. <laughs> and welcome. Yes, we are talking Terminator Genesis tonight in the spoiler room. If you hadn't guessed my horrible Arnold impression, yes, we have Cole, Don, Paul, Scott, and Tony in the room to talk about this reboot fifth film in the franchise and here in the summary according to imdb john connor sends kyle reese back in time to protect sarah connor but when he arrives in 1984 nothing is as he expected it to be yeah that's a good summary of it it's about as deep as this movie goes anyway just kidding Hey, so if let's... anybody can sum up this movie in like just a few seconds, I think they deserve a, a, a prize, like a cash prize. In, in all honesty, yes. Now, uh, yes, this is the reboot. Uh, we've had four films, and they decided, oh, we need to uh, need a fresh start, if you will. So we have it finally here. People have talked about it for a long time, and we're going to talk about it tonight. And first, I want to get Paul. Paul, Terminator Genesis, when it was done... As we do, as always, impression. I liked it less than I really was expecting to like it. <laughs> but I still enjoyed it. I actually... I actu- and I knew this was going to happen because it's like all of my friends were like, oh, this movie this movie is junk. This movie is junk. You're, you're, you're going to watch that piece of junk? And I'm like, yes, because it's a great movie, right? And then when I watched it, it was like, eh, okay. <laughs> And everyone else was like, oh, this is a great movie. This is the greatest movie I've ever, ever created. I'm like, see, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. I yeah, was right. right. Yeah. I'm living a lie. <laughs> but, but that said, when I watched it the second time, I did enjoy it. I'll Wait, second it. time? I, watched it second, I had to watch it in 3D just to see if it made a difference. Oh, okay. I guess. All right. All right we'll let you go. Okay, Mr. Disposable Income. Yeah. <laughs> Only well, if Movie Pass would have let me do it twice, I probably would have gone too. So, uh, <laughs> what was it? I skipped Laundry Day. Oh, there you there go. go. 
And Tony, what about you, sir? When the credits rolled, how did you feel about Terminator <clears throat> Genesis? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure as a lot of people, I thought this was going to be just one of the absolute pieces of garbage 2015 has to offer. I was really dreading seeing this movie, but <clears throat> to my surprise, this movie was nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be because I actually thought it was a pretty good movie. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed the movie overall. You know, as yeah. far as expectations go, it was definitely not what I expected. It did not suck, surprisingly, to me. <laughs> awesome. And Cole, initial impressions with this film? Yeah, yeah, man. I really uh, loved it, actually. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a huge surprise in... Full disclosure, this was my first IMAX movie, and um, I am going again in 2D, just to kind of give get a better perception of how it plays without all the bells and whistles, but I really liked it. I went into it, well here, the other thing is, you know, I've never seen a bad Terminator movie. That's my thing too. I like all four of them. Mm-hmm. I think that Salvation did a really wise thing in eliminating the time travel element, because yeah. you can only do too much before it all gets dissolved, but the fans hated that, so here we are with the necessity of a time travel element. There was no way for them not to do it, and I really liked the whole Back to the Future 2 element of it. <laughs> this is batshit crazy. Characters running back and forth and trying to fix the future and the past, and all of that I, I really enjoyed, and in closing, I think there's something, you know, with Arnold's return, I think there was a level of quality that people were expecting. But I think what those people maybe, or what some of those people, obviously not all, don't really appreciate is that the first two movies, the awesome ones, were Jim Cameron's movies, not Schwarzenegger's movies. And you can see that even in the Alien series. I mean, the Alien series was never able to really recover after Cameron left. So this to me is a light years better than three. Uh, definitely better than four, although in the same universe. I like both of those about the same. And in terms of, you know, following up the second, which is really all you can hope to do, I think it worked for me. I, I really enjoyed it. Cool. Good to hear. And Don, what about you? Initial impressions. We'll get we get into the particulars, but just your kind of overall feeling after the movie was over. Well, as as is my habit, I try to avoid anything. I I try to avoid spoil um spoilers. Yes, big time. Um, uh, to the point that I hadn't even watched the trailers. Nothing going into this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was a surprise to me. Uh, about John Connor. That was that was a pleasant surprise. Yay! Um, Yay. Certainly, certainly didn't help the predictability of the movie, but <laughs> you know, I had only just recently, like uh, I think Friday night, no Thursday night, I had only just Thursday night watched uh, Terminator Salvation mm-hmm. for the first time. So, because I just hadn't heard good things about it, so going from that one to Genesis. I put them about the same level. Genesis is maybe a little bit better. Um, yeah. I, I didn't like uh, three Rise of the Machines. I didn't like that one at all. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think. I think Cole's the only one that's uh, uh, like three in the world. What? Uh, I, I liked three? it. 
But you know, Paul, Paul says he liked it. Yeah, oh, Paul oh. says he liked the movie. Okay. Overall, personally, I thought it was the worst too. But okay. <laughs> yeah, but just, overall, I I thought the movie was okay. I thought it was. I just keep going back and forth on it because I haven't I I I haven't processed it enough yet. I mean, and that's that's saying a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there there is actually a lot going on in this film, surprisingly, uh, and yet nothing. So it's weird paradigm <laughs> that they have a lot yet not a lot. So, but we'll get to that a little bit. And uh, Scott, what about you, sir? Uh, I I gotta tell you, um, and I think that when I see it more, uh, maybe my who knows, might maybe my opinion will shift a bit. I saw this movie. A little, I got out of this movie a little more than 24 hours before we were recording this. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, I so, saw you know I saw it you know last night you know, <laughs> and uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around what I just saw. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's I mean it's um, the closest and I'm, I know we're gonna get into the particulars in a bit, but here's the closest uh, thing I can sum up like this: at least for the first say half to two thirds of the movie. What it felt like was that if they had rebooted the Terminator series in the 90s with Jean-Claude as one of those crazy Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, <laughs> one of those crazy Jean-Claude Van Damme action movies, I think it would have had about the same tone as like the first uh, half to two-thirds of this movie. Now, if you know me, that is not an insult. No. I love those movies. <laughs> now I didn't love this movie, but here, what what I did like was how absolutely nuts it was, and so the end didn't quite do what the other bit did for me. But I will get into that. I was kind of between it. I was kind of just oh, geez, you can just tell. I'm I, I have these like conflicting emotions of like part of me wanted to s say like. This, say this is the stupidest movie ever. I feel insulted, and then mm -hmm. the other half of me said, "Was hey, this is the stupidest movie ever, man. Sit back and enjoy the ride, you know." So yeah. I didn't dislike it, but I'm not sure. I, I, I'm hoping that they were laughing with me instead of laughing at me. <laughs> One can hope. Yeah. And, uh, and and for me, for Terminator Genesis, I mean, I thought it was all right, but Phil Collins going back in time to 84 to get Peter Gabriel uh, just uh. to all play in the band. Wow. You know, that, oh, wait. Wow. <laughs> Wrong Genesis. Wrong oh. Genesis. And then Steve Hackett and Tony Banks are all there like, something has changed. <laughs> Visibly <laughs> uh, touched reference. Sorry, <laughs> couldn't help myself. Uh, you know, I I saw the trailer and I did a review and I had my reservations about it and even the name of it. I'm like, really? <laughs> and I will say, being such a devoted a devout Terminator Two fan, and and I am. I'm I'm a fanatic for that film. Uh, that's that's one of those. I was telling Don last night. When at the fireworks that for me Terminator Two is one of those fixed point in time films, one of those films that had a had just struck me as a chord. You know, I got I got the posters, I got the book of the script, I got the different VHS. Yes, that's how old I am. Different VHS <laughs> copies of it. You know, so the sequels afterwards have been pretty 
lackluster to me. Three, I really didn't like. Salvation, I had issues with, though I thought they, the effort was okay, though I would have liked to see R. This one, I actually came out of it going, you know, I don't hate it as much as I thought I would. And in fact, I found uh, some of it entertaining. F some of it ridiculous, some of it still was hard to swallow. But on the whole, I don't think the film is as horrible as many are making it out to be. Yay. Yeah. That, that, was, going, that blurb was going on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> Not as horrible as many are making it out to be. <laughs> well, well no, because, because the thing is, you... And one of the reasons why and is that Terminator 2 struck a chord with me, you don't get many films like that. Mm. That that combination of action and depth. Yeah. And seriousness yeah. and darkness. I mean, it, it does occasionally happen, but for me, Terminator 2 was one of those films you don't get that often, and you're not going to strike the exact oil twice with that, especially within the same franchise. Because mm -hmm. you risk either having people complain that you're, you know, you're treading on, you know, territory that's already been there, or just continuously comparison. So I turned my brain off that and didn't or tried not to compare it to Terminator 1 and 2, because both those films struck a chord with me, especially 2. Hmm. Um, and this film, I came out of it going, yeah, most of it I think they did a decent job. It's about how I felt coming out of Star Trek when they rebooted Star Trek. It was like, for what they had and what they were trying to do, they did all right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, now one of the things I want to start with first is their their trip to nostalgia land. And Don and I had a we're starting to have a debate on this, and I'm I'm going to be probably in the minority, but I told her that I actually enjoyed the film more when they stopped trying to do the uh, replica replication and the repeat of some of the scenes from the originals. Uh, okay. So uh, that that's me. I actually enjoyed it more when they got back more into their original. Okay, this is the story that we're actually going to tell. Uh, you know, I did also didn't care for the spoiler, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But just the nostalgia part that that first act, which is basically an amalgamation of the first two films yet varied. Uh, how'd you feel about those, uh, Tony? What, let's start with you. How'd you feel about those scenes that were the same yet different? Um, like the scenes that they replicated from the original movies? Yeah, you know, where they had the 84 where I need your sunglasses, your jacket, and your boots. Or oh, whatever. yeah. You know, yeah. your boots, your pants, give and your, your coat. You know, give me your clothes. <laughs> and then, to me. And then <laughs> the whole Reese in the department store kind of replicated scene. Um, and then uh, they're throwing the T-1000 in there early. And, yeah, that it's basically a mashup of the first two films in that first act. Well, um, as far as the replicas, I actually really, <clears throat> really liked what they replicated from the original film, especially that scene where you know old Arnold and um, you know like old Arnold and the uh, Arnold from the original Terminator film. Like, mm -hmm. I really loved how you see both of them on screen and they have like a two-minute, um, you know, they have like a little hand-to-hand -hand combat yeah. with each other, their fight. I thought that was really interesting and. The T-1000 one, um, I thought they could have explored a little more with the T-1000 
Uh, but that part of the movie, I'm all like, you know, that was all right for how they explored it. And as far as Jack Courtney goes as Kyle Reese, um, I'm still kind of thinking about it uh, as we're doing this. But I'll, I'll go ahead and say that he didn't do too bad of a job. I think he was overall, uh, I'll say he was overall decent uh, mm-hmm. as Kyle yeah, I I'll give my opinion on Reese first. Uh, I want to get Don since you brought it up. I want to bring Don next. And Don, uh, the parts where they were playing for the nostalgia and and trying to work it into the original s- timeline, yet not. Uh, how did you feel about that first act? I didn't I didn't mind it. I'm glad that um, if they were going to go back and replicate it, they did it as closely as they possibly could. Yeah. Um, I appreciated that a lot. I mean, it was down to the detail on that, and and I, mm-hmm. I appreciated that. If they were going to replicate it, they replicated it well. Um, but if you know, it, obviously that was their goal. Was it necessary? Eh, not strictly speaking, no. Uh, it was gratuitous, no doubt. But they still had to set it up because he was still going to 1984 and he was still certain events were still going to happen. It didn't need to necessarily happen exactly that way, but that's what happened when he went in the original movie. So it would make sense that it would replicate again. And as far as Kyle Reese goes or uh, Jai Courtney goes, he was a very pretty, pretty boy. <laughs> he looked very, very healthy for a character who was supposed to grow, have grown up post-apocalypse, starving, and survivor. Clean-shaven? Wow. So he, he looked like a nice, he looked like a nice, clean-cut, well-fed soldier that does his gym workout every day in a nice, you know, Adventure 212 or Goldberg-style gym every day. <laughs> His vitamin and his nutrition supplements, and yeah, you know that's that's how I envision Kyle Reese, hey, um, survivor. Hey, I have to ask Don. Do you think Jai Courtney would have worked better in Magic Mike XXL? I didn't. I haven't seen the Magic Mike's movies. <laughs> Don, Don, that's not Don's type of film. I don't think. Uh. Maybe. No. <laughs> no. No, but I mean, it, it, that was why. Hmm, this is why Michael Bean worked so good, yes. so well at, in the role. He was scrawny. He was. He did not look healthy. Um, he was wiry. <laughs> I mean, he, uh, his physical appearance was extremely believable as a as a soldier, as a survivor, as somebody who who did things on the fly and adapted because you had to. You you grew up eating whatever you could find scraped off the streets in a, in a dead world. He had that um, steer. He did, yeah, he did. And and Jack Courtney just, you know, it's not that he did a bad job. He he did a good job for what he was doing, but mm-hmm. he he was a very pretty boy. Yes, that's that's true. He was. And Cole, what about you? That that first act of nostalgia, basically. Um, uh, Cole or Paul? I'm sorry. Cole. Oh, good. I'm having <laughs> sound similar. Um, well, I mean, I agree with what you know Don was saying 
for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I see that somebody just put a little note on our screen here about uh, Sam Worthington. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I do have to say that in terms of Jai Courtney, man, I, I, he's one of the reasons I didn't want to see this. I recently did a, a Die Hard marathon just for the Oh, yeah. And the first four films are so consistently solid. And really, I, I think that Jai Courtney, and I, I'm a director and I hope to have a career, and I rarely say things about anybody. But he is the main reason that movie does not work. He is in full-on Sam Worthington-like mode where he's almost characterless. Now, in start composition, I thought he did great here. If I compare him to Michael Bean, it all falls apart. <laughs> uh, but I actually think he did really good. I, I like, actually, in terms of, to, to go back to your question, I'm sorry, uh, the references mm -hmm. to the first two films, specifically the first film, really, I thought were great. Um, I thought they were great how they didn't try and mimic it right down to the exaggeration. I mean, you didn't have somebody trying to do a Bill Paxton impersonation, for instance. Yeah, that's true. I mean, these were definitely within the same universe, and it really, all that stuff clicked for me. I, I really liked all the references. Um, I, I'm really, the more I talk about it actually tonight, I thought I was going to be in hostile territory on this podcast. I really did. But the more we're talking about it, the more I actually like it. I, I really, my girlfriend and I have been talking about it for four days straight and we like it more and more. And, um, no short story long, the references were great. I loved them. They worked for me. Cool. And, uh, Scott, what about you, sir? Uh, Touching on both points, the uh, references, um, I was okay with it. I mean, there's there. I think there was a part of me for a moment that said, like, they should have tried to actually meld the uh, footage with the original film. But you know what? Then I thought, you know what? Let's not worry about what a film isn't. Let's worry about what a film is. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how I try to view each film I look at. Sometimes I succeed. Sometimes I fail my own my own standards. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, like, always like judge a film on based on what it is, not what it isn't. And I looked at it and I said, you know, I get it because it is an alternate timeline. So I didn't even mind that things were a, when I. Of course, most of us here probably know the, the original Terminator by heart. Yes. Uh, and you know, so I mean, like. We know every you know line of dialogue, every mannerism and stuff. We know that that that, that guy that was trying to start his car curses a lot more than he does in a PG-13 movie. <laughs> but we, but you know what? I looked at him like, okay, it's an alternate timeline. I, I, that's fine. I don't care. It's it, they did a, they did a decent job, and I'm not really gonna sweat that much. I can see where that's really gonna piss off a lot of purists. That that whole yeah. notion, what they do, but. Honestly, I think the whole plot's gonna piss off a lot of the purists, <laughs> so that doesn't real. So you know, add it to the fire. Um, but uh, Jai Courtney, I'm glad Cole brought it up uh, because, yeah, I've um, and I think I've been probably a little too when I, in some of my written reviews in the past, I've probably been a little too mean to him. <laughs> uh, but I, I always just keep on looking like, who the hell is this guy's agent? <laughs> he's got. I want his agent. God, he's like because he's got because he always gets put in these really plum roles, and um, despite having never really proven himself on screen. Now I didn't. I, yes. if, I admit I never watched the Spartacus TV show, so I don't know how he did on there. But uh, 
uh, in the movies. He never let. And Cole even brings up. I mean, this isn't even the first time he's been dropped into the fifth installment of a franchise. Yeah. Why <laughs> um, hard? He was in that. But I mean, he's also been dropped into uh, other franchises or wannabe franchises. Uh, Jack Reacher. He was in that. Didn't do such a great job. I Frankenstein didn't do good there, but nobody did. Um, uh, uh, Divergent. He was actually okay in Divergent. Uh, Insurgent is another story, but that movie just sucked. Um, (laughs) And, you know, he's going to get dropped into another one because he's going to be in Suicide Squad next year. And Star Wars. What? I I don't see that on on IMDb. Oh, no, that's a different... That's a different beat now. All these little, all these little himbos. And uh, she was in Unbroken, but only for like five minutes. Yeah. I still need to see Unbroken. I want to see it. Um, but uh, and I think I was a little too mean to him in the past. I, I mean, I think I also, I think I really, I have would have to look back to check the review, but I think I cut him a new one when I reviewed the fifth Die Hard. Um, in and, all honesty, well, in all in, in his defense, the fifth Die Hard was written horribly. So it was, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I, I really hated the fifth one, but I didn't. Yeah. I also didn't care for the fourth one. But I mean, it's like, okay, well, here's the thing: is like, actually, I'm not a huge Die Hard nut anyway. But anyway, <laughs> that that gets on people's nerves too. But <laughs> but Jai Courtney as but, but Jai Courtney, I mean, he was he was okay, and I kind of liked what they did with the character. After yeah. all. He's uh, in this movie. He's a slightly different character because he thinks he's going to go back to save Sarah Connor, and he has these great noble ideas about his mission and everything. <laughs> and then he shows up, and she's like, "No, I really just don't need you to actually save me. Stuff has changed now. I've been protected for a long time. I know the whole story. If anything, I'm here to save your ass." Yeah. And that's like, I mean, so he's kind of like really, you know emasculated right away. (laughs) And and so he does this, and then the movie does the weird thing where they make the people bicker, which I wish they wouldn't have done, but that's more with the writing. He did an okay job, nothing compared to uh, Michael Bean. I I wish they would would have tried to make him more like the character. For instance, I think in uh, Salvation, Anton Yelkin, is it? He actually was at least similar. You could see him as a young Reese. Uh, this one, not quite, but, you know, it does so many things differently. Jai Courtney, he's he's not bad, but he is kind of bland, but there was a few things in this movie that were kind of bland. They were the, okay, you're the you're the action hero guy. You're the young yeah. action hero guy. But the, way, the way I put it is, it, it took me a hard time to get over that he wasn't Michael Bean. <laughs> you know, I mean, because Michael just owned that character, so it took me a while, especially being... Such a big fan of the first two going, ah, Reese, okay, I'll see Reese. But then putting him, my brain put him within the context of the rest of the film as it played along, and I'm like, yeah, okay, he's the Reese of this film. He fits within this film, you know. Uh, so I, as far as this film goes in this world that they put in, I liked his Reese just fine more so than I thought I would. And uh, Paul, what about you, sir? That first act of nostalgia, and then the uh, uh, Jai Courtney too. Uh, well, since we're doing a double team here, sure. Uh, I think that you did need uh, that beginning to set up that Back to the Future type vibe. 
Yeah. Um, so I think it was important. Uh, that said, I'm going to say something about that a little bit later uh, when I talk about this. Uh, but uh, I think also too, it, it's it's kind of like a uh, like a, a movie score to a sequel. It should be close but different, which mm -hmm. I think it did a fairly decent job of. Um, right. th there were basically two things I didn't like about the recreation. Is I was disappointed that uh, Bill Paxton uh, wasn't available to reprise his role. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's kind of he was in my you know he's in my sci-fi holy trilogy you know type of thing. Um, because, yeah, but you know, he's, also, he's also like isn't he also in his? Uh, I want to say he must be in his fifties by now, right? They they could they could do the whole uh, the facial uh, creation on I him. I was gonna say they made Arnold look young, so yeah. uh, and, Bill, and Bill Paxton yeah. has aged. Bill Paxton actually has aged very well, so a little bit yeah, of up, a little yeah. bit of good creative lighting, and he could have probably been still. The and he was a punk, so he could have had all sorts yeah. of stuff on, so it would have been fine. Uh, the second thing I didn't like about the recreation is it did kind of feel like two separate films. Yeah. Um, you know, you got, you got, I w and I honestly would have been okay if they would have continued on that path and not had the new storyline, but I realized that it is important to have that, that new storyline because you're going to have people that are going to say, well, you guys didn't give me anything new, so why don't I just watch the, the first movie and it'll be a lot, a lot more better for me if I did. Right. Um, as for uh, uh, the actor, Jai, I thought he did a respectable job. Uh, playing Kyle, mm -hmm. uh, because they had changed up at that time, uh, they had changed up what the meaning of his role was, uh, like Scott and some of the others have already stated, because they changed that up, it was uh, he had to take the role in a different direction, so I thought what he did was great, I thought he was the anchor uh, to the past characters, because of all the other characters, he was the one that truly felt to me like he had come from the original storyline and was dropped into it and said, okay, now you react to the way the things changed around you, whereas all the other characters were actually forcibly changed around him. So that's right. why I thought he did a very decent job of, of making me believe that he was the Kyle Reese from the original, even though I think um, that uh, Michael was a much better um, actor. Yep, I agree overall uh, with all your points. And we are just joined here uh, <laughs> for uh, uh, we are just joined here by William as well. Hi. Uh, hello, William. Hi. Hey, uh, we're just talking here about uh, the first act of Terminator Genesis and the, uh, the 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 nostalgia that they put into this first act, as well as Jai Courtney. Uh, what were your thoughts of those replicated scenes and of Jai as uh, Reese? Well, um, I had to rewatch Terminator One to uh, kind of get caught up because it's been a while since I've seen it. All I can say is the CGI version of Arnold looked way better than the one in Salvation. That yes. Was, yes, it did. <laughs> it looks so realistic. Um, all right, uh, ref refresh my memory. Giles is the one who played as John Connor, right? No, he, Jai, Jai Courtney played Reese. Oh, uh, Reese. Yes. Okay, um... Well, I haven't really seen any of his past work, so I can't really judge him, but he played, well, this is going to sound really bad. He was better than the John Connor uh, actor in Salvation. <laughs> that was Christian Bale, right? 
Yeah, Christian Bale. Oh, was oh, nothing against Christian Bale. He's good in movies, but that one was not his highlight. Um, then, well, the, the real problem I have with the first act is how rushed it felt. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't make too much sense how the T-1000 was there, like, right after they killed the first T-800. Yeah. I mean, it, it I mean, because it didn't show him spawn in. It didn't show him, you know, like getting dressed and all that stuff. So it was it was kind of edgy. But I liked the character. Even though he didn't really have any lines, I liked <laughs> that character. I've always loved that character. So in total, I'd have to say that it was great. Mm-hmm. And, and see, for me, I being such the uh, fan I had, I guess I had a little bit of tough time with the amalgamation part. I mean, it made sense, and I understand what they were going for, but for me, I wasn't into the movie at that point because I was such a big fan of the first two, seeing these replicated scenes with different people and the, the variation of it. I'm like, my brain was fighting with it for a while. You know, I didn't think they were bad scenes. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I love the Arnie on Arnie action. Uh, <laughs> it, it, but, uh, I thought the liquid metal, and I think we can all agree, I think this either attests to how good the special effects were back in 91 or just how poor they did here, or they were trying to go for the same feeling. But the liquid metal T-1000 looked just as good in 91 as it did here, and that's not saying it's a bad thing at all. It, it looked good in 91, mm-hmm. and it looked a little more refined, but I didn't really see any real difference as far as yeah. quality. The, the, quali- the quality is very subtle because in the, in the original, the, in the T2 uh, Judgment Day mm-hmm. version, they, they only use that, that morphing technique very, very quickly when he's transforming from one right. to the next. In this one, you actually see him moving a lot more. It's much more fluid and, it's, right. and, and things, you can actually see him, there's subtle ripples in him that you, don't, you wouldn't see in the original one. So I thought, and, and a lot of people I don't think really tried to pay attention to that. But if you watch it the second time, look for it, uh, especially uh, in 3D. But yeah, I'll back that up for sure. I gotta back that up. Mm-hmm. I, I I really think that the liquid metal effects were uh, more refined. I'm not gonna say better, mm-hmm. but they they definitely there's some mind blowing stuff. And again, my first uh, IMAX experience probably contributed to that. But I was impressed that that bit where he comes out of the mirror. I was I almost I almost applauded. I was like, holy shit. That is good CG, man. To me personally. Another thing that I liked about the uh the, the nostalgic part uh, was there, there was two things. One, I liked that they brought O'Brien back but younger as a cop. Right. So they kind of changed that character, mm-hmm. which I've always thought he was an interesting character in T two and in T three. And <laughs> there was one part um, when they get to, I think it was a warehouse, right before the T-1000 gets killed by, what did you say it was? It was acid? It was acid, yeah. Yeah. There's the part where he comes through the window, and when Kyle shoots him, and he just looks over at him like, really? And then <laughs> brings back the T-800, which mm-hmm. was kind of interesting. I still don't understand how he did that. Oh, well, yeah, because he mel- merged with it, because uh, it's basically the liquid metal merged with the CPU, CPU. in it. Yep. And, he, and he took it over. He basically logged into that 
uh, robot, and and that was a setup actually for later on in the finale of the film. Basically, mm-hmm. yep. uh, they, that's the whole reason why they did that part was to explain to set up so you get that in the finale. Yes, this folks is a spoiler room. Uh, in the finale, where you get Termi, who I totally saw it coming, uh, but when Termi merged with the uh, the liquid metal, you know, later on, uh, that's why they had that scene in that beginning part was so that you're like, oh, okay, so this is how that can work. Uh, <laughs> Plus, it also ties it into the third movie with uh, the Terminatrix. Uh, yeah. She was able to control uh, her technology is slightly different than the liquid metal technology, yeah. but it it does link them. It, it it does, but we we try not to talk about Terminator Three. So <laughs> I, I don't think the people who made this want to think want to talk about Terminator yeah, Three. No, no, I I think it seriously is one of those movies that tries to pretend that uh, the third and fourth ones don't exist. In fact. Well, I disagree po- with you guys. I, I disagree because I believe that they did a full job of combining them all. People just didn't notice it because they hated the the third and the fourth movie so well, badly. Well, then they get then they get the date of Judgment Day wrong in this movie because <laughs> no, they've because, changed it so many times because they've changed because they say in the movie. I think they actually even say in 1997 Judgment Day happened. I'm like, no, it didn't. <laughs> a, they didn't do the, a, they stopped it in, in D two, and B, in Terminator three, it said it was in two thousand four. Now because so. it keeps adjusting, it keeps adjusting with oh. our time and oh, different on. Skynet. <laughs> no, it's, we're, we're dealing, folks. We're dealing with time travel, and it is the slippery slope, the the timey wimey, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. The wibbly wobbly, tiny wimey. You're bring Doctor Who in. Plot device. Well, the movie. Well, how can you not? How can you not? Especially when you have a doctor in this film for Yay. all of two minutes. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it, when you get into time travel, yes, uh, folks. Terminator has officially established that we're going with the multiple branching storyline rather than the single timeline. <laughs> Which I don't know if that's good or bad because in the first one they went more, they leaned more towards a, a linear timeline, and here we're going off the Star Trek Next Generation branching timeline, which means that those other timelines we had still exist, and they have to in order for the new timeline we're witnessing to happen. Wait, uh, Mark. What? Wouldn't that mean? Well, I th- it was either me talking to you or me talking to Paul on Facebook about. Since they brought the the first uh, T-800 and then the T-1000, is there a possibility maybe in a, the future sequel that they might bring the TX back? They could. More importantly, though, and Don brought this up, and I, I guess we can talk about it here uh, now since it's led to that. Um, we haven't established, and I think we're going to see it in the sequels, uh, that who sent the original Terminator, now called the Guardian, way back to protect uh, Sarah Connor, because we don't know who did that. <laughs> we, we don't know who did that. We kind of suspect, but we don't know for sure. And also, you have to go with the branching timeline theory in this film in order for it to work. Because, again, we do have the amalgamation of the T-1000 showing up in 84, which he didn't do before. He showed up into the 90s after John Connor was 13 years old. But now we have him before he's born. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that's the part a lot of people I don't think are talking about is the fact that 
okay, yes, they did went go back to 84, and I guess this was the part that my brain was having such a problem with this nostalgia part in the beginning. Was, okay, if we're doing the nostalgia, why do you have the T-1000 back in 84? If you're exactly. going to be replicating the scenes, why did you put that in 84? Yeah, basically, basically, Skynet was doing what they should have done in the beginning, honestly, because right. uh, because honestly, uh, okay, this you know the early parts of this movie, I gotta hand it, I gotta actually tip my hat off to it. Aside from the you know, eh, you can overlook it detail that he still had Sarah Connor's picture because we know it really burnt up and stuff like that, yeah. and it, it, long before they traveled in time, but. Uh, aside from that, in the beginning of this movie, this is the only one of the Terminator sequels, because I also, I watched all four movies over again this last mm-hmm. week um, for do- stuff I was publishing on Moviocrity.com. Sure. Plug. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, um, and this is the only movie that actually got the original right in the respect that yeah, at the begin in Terminator, they flat out say no. We this is the final. It, it, text crawl on Terminator at the beginning says this is the final battle. It yeah. says like and says like we not only did he was John Connor leading the resistance, they had basically won, won. Yeah. at this point, and mm-hmm. then they found this time displacement, and then they sent him back. And, of course, the, the, then there was the sequel, Terminator 2, which is so fantastic that we don't actually question the fact that the movie doesn't make sense. I never understood why did they send it back when the kid was, like, 10. Uh, 10 going on 13, and the movie does. But well, why did he send him back then? Because wouldn't it have made more sense just to send another T-1000 back to... Okay, but they sent they sent them they sent more than they sent more than one back because Skynet was aware of the timeline. Right, and, and now it makes sent, sense, and now it them. makes sense actually. Right. It's like one of the only things in the movie that does make sense. <laughs> but I like I thought that it actually got the setup for it. I'm like, wow, this actually gets the setup pretty much in accordance to the first film, which is something even Jim Cameron said, fuck it, let's have some fun, you know? <laughs> he just did <laughs> the second movie, you know? <laughs> my, my theory about sending the, the T-1000 after Kyle was in when the first timeline played out, Skynet didn't know where, um, where um, Kyle was going to be. They so didn't know he, if he was going to be. Right. right. So and, but as soon as, soon as Skynet was able to get a hold of John and his memories, he, 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 he very much knew where he was going to be, and so he then sent the T-1000 after him to, right. and, as, and this, an, as an and, added bonus. And to, that, that makes sense then, because uh, it would also lead up to the whole... And the, the whole enigma that they have of, oh, we saw the uh, machine fire up before our guys actually took the base with the time machine. It actually was fired off ahead of time, but we don't know how often or how many were sent back. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it does do a, set up a lot of things. I guess for me, though, with all the nostalgia part, and maybe it was because I came off as Poltergeist, and Poltergeist had shoehorned references into the original when I thought the parts where they were getting their own original uh, appealed better to me, I think that was the same thing here. Was for me, the nostalgia parts were a little tough to swallow because I love the original so much. So once they got over that, I could get into the movie a little more. 
Uh, now let, let's move. We've already talked about reefs, and uh, I think most of us are okay with them. I know Don didn't quite care for him because he was such a pretty boy. Uh, <laughs> but, within the, but within the context of the film, I thought he did an okay reef. But here's the thing is, this film was light. And yes, I know we're talking about nuclear war, but uh, let's, let's go right to here because the thought just hit me. Just really quick, how they handled the nuking of the world. Oh, yeah. man, did, man, did I feel like this was like Disneyized nuking. <laughs> and then maybe it's because it was the, the, the PG-13, but Don, I almost wish they hadn't even shown the nuking. Yeah. I wouldn't agree. You, wouldn't you say that we didn't even need that scene because Terminator 2 and folks, yes, this is how deep a fan I am, watching all the commentary and everything, the special effects guys actually had trouble. They were disturbed at how realistic they were making the nuclear nightmare scene for Sarah Connor's dreams. And it is disturbing, especially if you're a child of the 80s, but even you don't have to be. That's some pretty disturbing effects. And in here we get, oh, mushroom cloud, knocks over a bridge, okay, move on. I'm like... Is it me, or do we not even really need that? And by doing that, it's like that still doesn't have the impact, so why even even show it? Uh, am I off on that, uh, especially considering how well the first two handled it? Not, not at all. It's, I mean, it felt like filler. It did. It, it felt Nothing like more than filler. It, it felt like they. It felt like they put it in there because Terminator Two had a. Uh, had a shot of Judgment Day. And because Terminator 3 had hmm. Judgment Day in his plot, they figured, we have to show it. And I actually kind of like the motif of having the kid look out the airplane window. I liked that idea. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, it doesn't have any emotional impact. This this film did not strike any of my emotions, <laughs> aside, from, aside from when I would just like erupt in... Complete laughter. No, laughter. I was laughing my ass off this week. Uh, And I think it's the only reason that I kind of was okay with the movie, even though it's, God, it's just no classic. It's actually probably the least film I've seen, the least, you know, impressive film I've seen so far this summer. But it's, um, honestly, it's, uh, it was so goofy. It was so stupid. Yeah. Every single moment. I mean, the lo- the dialogue, everything. Well, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a minute. But, uh, <laughs> that I was just laughing. So I, no, I don't think it had any emotional impact. Yeah. And I agree. That's a problem when you have nuclear war. I would not want to see the Terminator movies turn into another uh, uh, Roland Emmerich disaster porn. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is the minute I watched that scene, I'm like, I've seen this special effects shot almost somewhere before. Erase the mushroom cloud and knock down the buildings from an earthquake, and you get the same scene from San Andreas. And I'm like, this, is, <laughs> this doesn't work for me, man. Well, I guess they had an action scene on on the Golden Gate Bridge later in the movie, but yeah. it's you know, it's one of those landmarks. If they're going to show stuff blowing up, it's like, oh, oh guys, God. we have to either either show Statue of Liberty or the Golden Gate Bridge going under. Yeah. That's <laughs> like the rule. They have to do it, you know? Don't live near any 
don't live near any national landmarks during the disaster. Uh, Cole, what about you? That nuclear scene, uh, compared to the what we had seen in the first two, did they really need that? I mean, if they're going to just... It felt like a toss-off scene, like they didn't need to put it in there. And by putting it in there, they're just like, eh, okay, nuclear bomb, you know. Um, man, I don't know. I don't necessarily know about that. I mean... Again, I'm, I'm so, I look up to you guys, and when I hear you guys talk about it, you know, you, you make a convincing point. On the other hand, I mean, there, did the first film show scenes of destruction? I think we're only comparing it to the second. Well, the first the first one showed the aftermath. and, and The pretty, aftermath, but that's pretty, why the first film works for me. I, right. actually, I actually think the second film doesn't really follow all, you know, and I don't have any complaints with the second film. But, you know, those of you who know me well know that the first film I, I find to be one of the truly flawless films ever made along with, in terms of 80s films, it belongs alongside Back to the Future, Beverly Hills sure. Cop. I mean, oh, right there it with you. In a, it, it belongs in a fucking time capsule. Sure. Uh, and that, that came off of, I'm, I'm convinced that Jim, Jim Cameron was in the art department while Escape from New York was being made. <laughs> you, you combine sure. that with his experience, his negative experience on Pir Piranha 2, and just being the overwhelmingly intelligent person he is, he didn't need to show the destruction. Sure. Could just come at it with mood. The second film, those scenes don't stand out to me. And if I'm right on my director's cut, you know, there are more of them. Am mm -hmm. I wrong? Yeah, there, 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 there are. There are. I, special, think there are. I think they even cut back on what they shot. Yeah, and the special yeah. extended edition uh, that was on two VHS tapes. I'm old. Yeah. Leave me alone. Um, no, I have it. It's on the Skynet Blu-ray, too. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't want to eat up the whole show. we got a lot no. to talk about, but <laughs> I, I loved the opening of this, and actually, mm -hmm. I like how the there are so many great scenes that are delivered before the director's name even rolls. I mean, mm -hmm. all that stuff about Reese doesn't know what waitress means. Yeah. <laughs> I've long been complaining that we don't that you know the world for all of the special effects and you guys can hear me mention this on another podcast I don't remember why maybe we were talking about the Genesis trailer but I mentioned how the bleakness of the first Terminator's post-apocalyptic world has never been duplicated ever in any of the sequels the actual menace of it and, and the, the horrible bleakness of it you know it was duplicated here in the first few minutes. I really liked how the alleys mm -hmm. that I believe it was young Reese was running through, man, all that looked very similar to the first film. It wasn't this flashy CG post-apocalypse world that, well, I guess wasn't in the second, but the third and, and the, the fourth specifically where the threat feels light. It feels like computer arms reaching out of the sky. This one, in that, in those opening moments, um, and not just because of uh, you know uh, the the effects, but also because of the human emotions. And by the way, I love a lot of that stuff. I love the kid on the airplane. I love the grill out. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it actually worked for me. Now that I'm talking about it, I didn't talk about it. <laughs> That's okay. It I really love this film. I really do. I'm realizing that more and more as I talk about it. I like it. it uh, anyone else want to? Weigh in on the the nuke scene at all? I, I have two big yeah, things. So, 
All right, go go ahead first, Paul, and then. Uh, All right. Uh, the the two things I wanted to bring up is um, one, it does tie it into the third movie because they had those little uh, nuclear explosions in that movie, um, and yeah. <laughs> I know we don't want to talk about it, but uh, also two, I think uh, two is uh, again I bring this up in other podcasts. It's, it's the generational thing. I think they needed to do their uh, to to remind people what nuclear war actually is you know, how devastating it can be because I don't know if a lot of people know what it's like if they didn't live through that kind of scare during the 80s and 90s. Good point. Good point. Yeah, I guess I just didn't feel the scare. I looked at it going, that's a San Andreas shot. Yeah, because it's a lot scarier (laughs) to us because we know what it could have done. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's true. It's true. What about, uh, what were you going to say, William? Well, I thought it was mainly put in there because... Since there's a lot of action, you know, in action movies, there's always explosions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it didn't they, really bother me, but it was expected. Yeah, uh, Tony, are you back with us? Uh, yeah, I am here, yeah. just listening to all of your wonderful <laughs> points in the movie. <laughs> what, what about what about you, sir? The the nuke scene, real quick. Uh, did it feel a little light? <laughs> Compared to what we had seen in like the first, the second one, and even the you know the way they portrayed the post nuke world, I thought it was handled much much better in the second movie because, like you said, you actually have you actually have emotions towards what's going on in that situation, and of course uh, the images were like really disturbing, they're really haunting. Um, when it opened in Genesis, to me. Um, I was fine with the scene there. The problem to me is that it was just rushed. The scene felt very, very forced. And then once they showed the the title, Terminator Genesis, I was just all like, well, that was a very forced opening, but let's see how (laughs) the film goes. (laughs) I think the film should just start off with, like, John Connor and Kyle Reese. I think it would have been better starting off there because – that opening scene to me was just forced, but you know, mm-hmm. it's like if they just had to put it there to kind of connect to what T2 did, but kind of alternate it, it's just like, it's like, yeah, it was whatever to me. All right, and uh, so, yeah, the nuke scene, special effects, uh, we've touched on those. I, I want to get back to the <laughs> characters now, uh, <laughs> because I have an issue, and I again, Don and I started talking about this last night before the fireworks, and we have completely different views on this character, and I think it's because T2 hit such a, a chord with me and struck me so hard. So, and I'm talking about the character of Sarah Connor. Mm. Um, <laughs> in my review, I said that I thought she was possibly. Uh, the the weaker written of the characters. I, I think she was acted just fine. I had a problem with the way she was written on, based off of how they had set up her character as far as supposed history of living with uh, a emotionalist robot. And here she is, and she still felt like a combination of... of normal girl and warrior when she's supposed to be pre- be prepared for major battle and prepared for major military functions, and yet I didn't get that feel from her. I mean, I, I think she was played fine, but I just didn't like the way she was written. I guess I was expecting a harder-nosed 
uh, Sarah Connor now, even if she was younger, just because of how she has been raised or supposedly been raised by Terminator to prepare herself for this battle. Am I wrong on this? Did we deserve a stronger, harder uh, Sarah Connor? Or I have I have two I have mixed emotions about this about how her character was presented. Now, as for Amelia Clark, I mean I I. This is my first real exposure to her. I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I've mm-hmm. I've never really seen her before in a movie. I didn't miss sure. Dom Hemingway, didn't see that. So uh, the uh, and looking at her, I'm like, oh okay. And I like you know how they actually pointed out how short she is in the when they did the mugshot. <laughs> that was actually really sweet. Uh, and honestly, again, in accordance to the original movie, this is actually a, closer to the original script. All these years, I had assumed that Sarah Connor was already well into her 20s, and it was only watching the movies again this last week. I'm like, oh, God, no, she was supposed to be 19 years old in the first yeah. movie. Nope. I, had, I, 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 I didn't even catch that after all the t- years of watching <laughs> until in the second one he says 29-year-old female. I'm like, wait, what? You mean you mean in the first one? Now? Really? <laughs> you know? So, so I liked – so that she was young is actually – it's not what we're used to, but it's actually in accordance with the script. Yeah. I didn't mind that she was not like the character from Terminator 2 because that was a Sarah Connor who built herself up as this warrior woman and uh, by herself. Yeah. By getting involved and getting involved with all these like, you know, skeezy criminal elements and stuff south of the border and everything like that. That's what she... And she was re- regarding it as, like, just doing that as herself. Mm-hmm. And, of course, was also, obviously, I mean, she might not have been, like, the, the obviously the Terminators were not a delusion, but she was psychologically damaged in that movie. Uh, this one is, no, she's built herself up because she has had a protector mm-hmm. who has helped prepare her. For ten years, so she—if anything, she's more like the John Connor from Terminator Two than the Sarah Connor from Terminator Two. Exactly. I was—I was okay with that. I was okay with that. My only issue with the character, and I have again, I haven't seen her anything else, is that I think whoever wrote the dialogue in the script—maybe that's maybe that's they, what struck they, me they with made, it. They made, and again, it goes back to how I was mentioning the bickering between her and the Kyle Reese character. I just wanted them to give it a rest every time they started the bickering. Like, guys, this is term. It's a it's an action movie. It's not moonlighting. Okay, <laughs> stop. You know, and there there's a there's an ancient reference for the kids in the audience. Uh, just, <laughs> but but they just started bickering back and forth. I'm like, guys, this is not you know that mm-hmm. kind of movie. Like, I really wish they would have if they would have stopped that. It would have been like. Because I think that otherwise it makes, you know, the Kyle Reese character and the Sarah Connor character see, like, oh, look, they're scrappy. Well, no, they're not scrappy. They're supposed <laughs> yeah. to be something else. And I think that was a problem. But as for how they presented her character, mm-hmm. the physical appearance of her was a shock. And it was hard to get used to because we're so used to the Linda Car- Hamilton character. Yeah. Um. But honestly, it was kind of more in accordance, and considering the time frame we're dealing with now, it made sense to me. So I was okay with it. Okay. Go ahead, Don. Um, just to add to this, uh, what Scott was saying about the difference, um, I, I had mentioned this to you last night too, Mark, was the, the 
Sarah Connor being more how I imagined uh, John Connor would have been had the T-800 raised him, as mm -hmm. had been kind of suggested in, in Terminator 2. But uh, Sarah Connor, in by the time you got to T-2, you're not just talking a woman about a woman who had built herself up with kind of skeezy accomplices, but you're also talking about a woman who had lost the man she loved and lost her child right? for all intents and purposes right. and, and, and was very broken because of that. The only thing she had was to fight because she had right. lost literally everything else she could possibly mm – -hmm. that she had to lose except for her life. So um, – and, and Linda Hamilton just did such a phenomenal job in that role. Oh, yeah. But this is a completely different Sarah Connor. Yes. Yeah, I, um, I, and she was nine years old or thereabouts by when um, the Guardian showed up. When the Guardian showed up in 1973, yeah. um, a lot of her growing and a lot of her base personality was already there. And he was. He was a Guardian to her. Mm -hmm. And he taught her how to fight, and she taught him how to person. Sure, sure. No, I I, I see your points greatly. Uh, <laughs> uh, William, what about you, sir? Uh, did you have issues with how they had Sarah Connor in here, or do you agree here with uh, uh, Paul and Don? Being a huge fan of T2, since it was the very first Terminator I ever saw when I was a kid, and I've seen Linda Hamilton and a few other movies. Seeing this new actor, I don't know much about her. Like Scott, I don't watch Game of Thrones. Uh -huh. I'm not into that kind of stuff. But um, she, the only thing I can really say about her is she's not a bad actor. Right. But she's not fantastic. Mm -hmm. And the only positive thing I can say about her is... She's pretty. <laughs> you don't have to hide it, William. You don't, it was you don't when have she to was hide it, William. We're, we're okay with that. That's fine. Uh, Tony, what about you? Uh, our, our Sarah Connor in here, did you like her? Oh, I, I actually loved her. She was actually one of my favorite parts about Terminator Genesis because um, – uh, yeah, they they definitely changed her around, but I think personally for the good because mm -hmm. I love that the Terminator was actually the one that was raising her, pretty much taking her under her wing. And I love how she was basically protecting herself, um, but, you know, while she's being a badass at the same time, um, you know, she just kind of – she has, like, this growth to her character that – really made it interesting. And I thought Amelia Clark, um, she was actually one of my worries when I went to this movie. I was like, oh, God, how are they going to handle Sarah Connor? Um, and Amelia Clark, to me at least, I actually thought she was fantastic. Like, I really thought she gave a fantastic performance to her character. And I think as far as characters go, she was actually the most interesting character to me. But that's just my own opinion on it. No, that's okay. Uh, it, that's why we have all these opinions, and apparently I am completely wrong. Paul, what about you, sir? <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> I thought she developed backwards from the original plot line, so, uh, because uh, it, it, you know, in the original one, she, she basically had the strength 
or she had to develop the strength to be this strong uh, like mother and, and lover, and then she became the fighter afterwards. And this one, it, it reversed it, and it was a very interesting uh, plot device in that she was the fighter, but she wasn't quite the the lover or the uh, the the mother. You could see that in the movie. She didn't react to John like you would expect. She didn't react to Kyle like you would expect. Even though it it did slowly develop, I it, it actually that point kind of irritated me because I wanted that romance so badly because I loved the original romance, and and when they just kind of like twisted it, it was like, no, what are you doing to my like you know fantasy love thing. You know? <laughs> But well, well, they made it. It was such a strong yeah. part of the first film, and in this one, they made a joke of it. Yeah, uh, but I'm hoping they'll correct that because of the next two movies. They'll and and I'm hoping that this experience makes it stronger. I think if they develop, you know, the bickering now, they have more time to develop a relationship. That to right. me is kind of interesting. It's not all crammed into like you know a, a bedroom scene at a hotel and you know some scenes before that yeah but that scene had a fantastic piano score which i listened to over and over definitely, this day. definitely. Uh, <laughs> cole what about you final thought uh way in here on sarah connor uh how did you feel about her character how she was portrayed and such uh, terrific i i loved it i thought it very much was in the same universe as at least uh linda hamilton's performance in the first movie um, and I have nothing to add. I mean, I just, I really enjoyed her. I haven't seen her in anything. And she was totally believable as someone her age who would be raised uh, by a robot in a grade B movie that happened to cost $150 million. I mean, that's, what more can you ask from the lady? Yeah. But I do want to mention, everybody keeps talking about these sequels as if they're happening. They're I, not. I would not place any bets on that. They absolutely are not. No, I, I don't think that's going to happen. And I want to want to mention quickly, and, and, and just in case we don't get to it, that's one of my biggest problems with this film is it's made – probably one of my only problems uh, is all of my problems with the film, such as the fact that they don't explain Arnold's origin, like how he got there, that sucks. The, the Easter egg, that sucks. All of my problems with this film are because they're planning on other movies that aren't fucking gonna get made, and that's yeah. what sucks. Yeah, the um, the setup the setup part of it was one of the things that kind of stuck out with me was, I'm like, uh, okay, we've only got Matt Smith in here for a couple minutes, yeah, uh, you know, because we're setting it up for this. Like you said, we don't get an answer for uh, who sent the Guardian back, because that'll be addressed yeah. in another film that probably won't happen. You know, we upgraded Arnold now, so we get our favorite Arnold as a liquid metal Arnold. Uh, yes, spoiler room, ha! And, um... Sorry. Spoilers in here? Damn it. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, yeah, the, the setup parts were very obvious, and uh, since we're talking about characters, just let's touch briefly uh, on it. I, I, um, can, can, I, can I just really quickly say this, though, because it goes right in with, I'm glad Cole mentioned it, because, yeah, they're ahead. not going to get made. Uh, this is the third time this has happened, though. Terminator yeah. 3 was supposed to be shot back-to-back -back with another movie right. that was going to keep Nick Stahl and Claire Danes. That didn't happen. Uh and uh, they wound up rewriting it so many times that it became unrecognizable years later and was Terminator Salvation. That was supposed to be the start of a trilogy as right. well. 
Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. So in this one, they tried it again, and this didn't happen. The only the main difference this time is that they leave all these little plot threads. And I think if uh, studios, this was a considered uh, going to be a trilogy, not necessarily one of these film universes like the MCU, like people talk about. Uh, but I think that you're going to get this a lot if studios are really going forward with these film universe ideas that you're going to get a movie that comes out like, hey, it's the start of a whole new thing, and then all of a sudden, oh, it doesn't make it even as much money as the last movie. So never mind, never <laughs> mind. You know, it's going to be up to people. We're going to probably get this, the answers in, like, comic books and stuff, if anything. Yeah, probably. And- Which I'm okay with. Which which isn't bad. I mean, Buffy's still going on in comics, so yeah. you know. I still, need, I, still, I, I still need to read season nine because I was right. so pissed how season eight ended. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the, the the final character I want to talk to, and then we'll talk about the a couple other points real quick here because I don't want to go too late with this. But um, John Connor, for me, the twist would have been a lot better, and it was great hearing Dawn react to this. Yes. Uh, and you mentioned it already. I really wish they hadn't put the twist in the trailer. <laughs> Who here watched the trailer? Uh, unfortunately, I did. <sighs> so they give away probably the biggest twist you could have in a Terminator series. They give it away. They give away that John Connor has been merged with a new type of Terminator technology, and he's now the bad guy. They've done that a lot, too. I, what I noticed, again, watching these movies in the last week and seeing the trailers that were attached to them, mm-hmm. I guess originally we weren't supposed to know that Term- that Arnold was a good guy in Terminator 2 until, late- until right. later on. So I guess that was a spoiler, because right away, um, <laughs> as, as James Cameron, I think, said in a commentary, he says, yeah, we just never accounted that all these interviewers were going to come out beforehand and say, so you're a good guy in this one. <laughs> uh, so James Cameron's kind of kicking himself, like, yeah, it was a dumb movie. But, Even the uh, movie poster spoiled the twist. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. yeah. They, all, they all spoiled it. And Terminator 3 spoiled the uh, Judgment Day thing. Terminator 4, uh, the Salvation, spoiled the twist about Sam Worthington's character in that. Yeah. They keep all these Terminator movies spoil it, but I agree. It would it would be nice if the marketing department would just say, you know, every two seconds something is either being chased or blown up in this movie. Maybe we don't need to throw that at them right away. Maybe we can let that be a I am your father moment. And that's, <laughs> that's what I equated it to. It would have been like Empire and showing in the teaser trailer <laughs> six months before the film comes out, Vader going, Luke, I am your father. Well, pff, fuck. Why do I got to watch the film now? <laughs> you know, in this one, that was the problem I had. That and the flipping the bus 360 degrees in the air. But uh, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> a few uh, times. <laughs> a few times. Uh, but the main thing was that John Connor twist, I think, would have had more impact. And as Dawn mentioned, you said it uh, was a pleasant surprise. That yes. would have been a pleasant surprise for me. Uh, but the fact they threw it in there, I'm like, oh, come on. You, you took away the one reason I would have probably really hooked me into the film. And it was kind of, uh, you know, uh, the film was entertaining, but... I would have liked to have that mystery. Cole, wouldn't if you did, did you know about that before going into the film? Well, I, you know, here's the thing. I didn't plan on, on seeing it. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be horrible, and I have no excuse for that, really. 
I'm a movie snob. And part of the other thing is, you know, while I'm not dirt poor, I have to kind of set aside money. I can't go see sure. Mad Max 17 times and then see Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought I would wait. I thought I would wait uh, for video, even though I've seen every Terminator movie in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I saw the link with James Cameron. You know, and that whole spiel about Cameron thinks the new Terminator rocks or something to that effect. And I clicked on it, and yeah, uh, usually during the summer season, I avoid everything. Um, I recently re-listened to our Avengers podcast, and Uh I think we review the marketing more than we review the movie. And I know, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I really think that we do, and I think it's cool that we made it an hour, over an hour, about an hour and fifteen minutes into this, and we haven't talked about the marketing because it right. needs to be said that this is the worst marketed movie perhaps ever made. Uh, yeah. it's horrible. The trailers are horrible. Uh, the PNRs, everything behind this movie is making you think it's a huge cheese fest. And if you think that it is, after you've seen it, your your opinion is valid as anybody's. But my opinion is Thank that this, <laughs> this needed to be this needed to be marketed with some finesse. And sure as hell, revealing that John Connor is the new Terminator is yeah. not your best move. Any moron <laughs> can see that. That yeah. is death to your film. Death. Uh, so I think, yeah, that sucks. Um, on the other hand, honestly, Mark, that was the thing that got me into the theater. Because right. as I said, I wasn't going to see it. And then mm-hmm. I saw that, and it wasn't James Cameron praising it, because mm-hmm. uh, James Cameron is, is a businessman and a good one. I look up to him, but he knows this is a business. Oh, yeah. Um, so he doesn't just go on there because he loves the movie. I'm not saying he doesn't. But he doesn't just go on there because he loves the movie. There, there is other shit going on. I promise. Well, he's just keeping he's keeping the buzz till he gets the licensing back in 2019. Exactly. exactly. Well, I'll tell you just just very briefly, and then then I'll wrap it up. And um, that is the plot twist that got me into the theater, and it didn't disappoint. I mean, I think they pay it off good. In fact, I think we see through John Connor's character the most horror-oriented moments since the first film, which really is just a sci-fi slasher movie. Right. It really pushes it to the brink. I mean, there are shots of Connor in this film that are creepy. I mean, mm-hmm. kind of gave me the creeps. <laughs> it did. Uh... Cameron also, I, and I've pointed this out to a couple people and such like that, is that uh, when Cameron said that he actually... that gave this movie kind of a thumbs up. I didn't actually read his exact quote. Uh, I was thinking like, yeah, but he kind of did the same thing when Terminator 3 came out. There was yeah. a lot of negative press around Terminator 3, and they asked Jim Cameron to say something nice, and he said something nice about mm-hmm. Terminator 3. Uh, and I always assumed that there was some, like Cole says, yeah. there's... There's something else at work. <laughs> yeah, there always is something else at work. It is a business. Tony, what about you? Did that did that ruin the kind of the surprise for you? I mean, seeing John Connor's Terminator was pretty. John Connor's Terminator was pretty cool in the stuff they did with him. But the fact that you knew going into the film that he was going to be the bad guy did that kind of ruin it for you a little? <clears throat> yeah, I would say a little. But as I was watching the film, I was saying to myself, even if I didn't watch those trailers. Something would have told me that that was 
the actual twist. I don't know if it's because of those ugly scars that are on the character, <laughs> but I think even if I haven't seen the trailer, something would have told me going, okay, I think the film is going to go in this direction. So I think either way, yeah, I think, yeah, because I know about it, it did ruin a little bit for me, and maybe I would have been just slightly more surprised if I didn't watch it, but I think either way, it really wouldn't matter for me. Sure. And the twist itself... um. Uh, I was just okay with it, but it wasn't exactly like the most mind-blowing twist to me, sure. uh, to be honest. And what about you, William? Did you think that was kind of the marketing in general for this film and, and that twist for John Connor being revealed in a trailer ruined a little bit for you? I'm going to be completely honest with you. When I first saw the original trailer, uh-huh. it automatically got me hooked because I'm like, oh, cool, this is going to be like a a nostalgic movie. And then when I saw the one with John Connor, it it, it kind of made me feel like it was a whole different movie. Yep. It, so and, I, I was kind of like, oh, this is going to be... Paul, what about you? The marketing on this, would you agree that it was not good? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it didn't bother me. Uh, yeah. Once it was done, it didn't become a, of what happened. It became more of how and why did it happen. Sure. And as for a twist, it really wasn't going to be a twist because in early in the beginning, you know, he was it, attacked. Yeah, so there was, well, that's wonder. the thing. There, there was the attack, so it doesn't really give... I mean, when he showed up, I heard a few like, oh, and I'm like, really? Didn't you just see Doctor Who grab him by the mouth beforehand? And, <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> now, I did like what they did with Skynet, and that, that'll be the last character I guess we can talk about. The last point I want to make up is I, one of the things I did enjoy, one of the positives, and again, I gave this a positive review. I gave it three and three quarters. I said it was still an entertaining film, uh, I had to remove my love for the first two films in order to kind of enjoy it, but uh, as a standalone film by itself, I thought it was entertaining. But one of the things I did like about it, and I'm glad they did it, was how they handled Skynet itself with how we're all plugged into devices nowadays. Now making it this big social network launch made so much sense. That That part of it, was perfect. Uh, Don, wouldn't you say that making Skynet that, that life genesis, you know, uh, genesis uh, uh, software, that that actually fit and was like probably the most appropriate thing f- for current times uh, for people? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I, I do agree with that. Um, I, have, I have lots of other thoughts on, on the whole Skynet uh, with the time travel thing, too. Sure. Um, oh, we and, can and talk the, about and it. The, yeah. um, and the alternate uh, dimensions and alternate timelines um, since, since we brought up Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, That's why I want to talk about Skynet last because it's the most kind of complicated character out of all of them, I guess. So, so, so when Matt Smith, Alex... Um, Attacks John Connor when Kyle Reese is going uh, in, in the time vortex bubble thingy, and he's going back in time. John Connor, or I'm sorry, uh, Kyle Reese is protected right. as the time as the dimensions shift and the timeline changes. Well, using that theory, that anybody caught in that timeline shift is going to be protected as they travel between uh, the, the, the different 
worlds, right? Times, times and the yeah. different dimensions. You, every time somebody travels back or forward or whatever, you're creating all new timelines. And pretty soon you've got all these layers of timelines, and somehow they're all connected and somebody's watching them. <laughs> so in theory, wow. so in theory, you've got Skynet as as this uh, started out as this rather basic computer system in the first one, mm -hmm. based on the the CPU chip uh, from the very original Terminator. Right. Evolving into. Uh, Terminator 2 and, and what uh, the Dyson, uh, Miles Dyson created, evolving into uh, the T-1000 going on. Now, in theory, using, if, if, we're, if we're going on this theory that the time traveling keeps happening back and forth and Skynet keeps evolving, somebody's watching what's happening all, from all these timelines and learning from them. And evolving what and Skynet keeps evolving into something new and different every time he it gets foiled. Right. Hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Skynet is the constant in any of these timelines, either the crap ass sequels or this <laughs> a remake or the Ex first two films. Skynet exactly. in some form or another stays consistent. Skynet so, spreads yep. itself. Skynet becomes self-aware. Skynet says, screw you, humans. I'm making a world that the aliens from Matrix won't even want. And uh, Yeah, succeeds. I never got what their, what their big takeover plan was because their future's a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> I never got that. So well, I never no, it was good. Okay, so we're digging deep here with Skynet. Uh, you know, the fact that in this timeline, it's more relevant to the modern age where everybody's connected and interconnected, which I, I loved and thought it was pertinent. So let's go further with this. Skynet is pure evil and could be the devil. And oh, no. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. Some Hollywood executive will listen to that and say, yes. <laughs> it, it, it's the embodiment, no, not me, the devil, me, but not the, not the devil, but the embodiment of evil or the embodiment of of man's flaws. Don't do and this. it's consistently crushed. They're gonna sell the right some pure flicks. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get, we're gonna get. You know what? It's it's already bad enough because in this movie, John Connor already kind of looks like Kirk Cameron. Oh. But don't do this, okay? <laughs> wow. But no, but you're right. Skynet is the consistent one throughout all of these timelines. So is Skynet more than just a program being developed by human Tony? Or is Skynet more and the overseeing, uh, the all-seeing of all timelines something more? I think it's something that's the all-seeing of all timelines because, like you said, it is very consistent with all of these Terminator movies. And I like the fact that it's it's pretty much um, speaking of what's true about our own reality in terms of us, you know, we're on our technology, we're all on our webcams doing the spoiler room, so we have technology to thank for <laughs> that. Thank you, technology. And um, yeah, and I, I liked how I just liked how the overall Skynet played out. Mm -hmm. um, like it was in control of 
why all of these situations are happening with all the timelines and the situations you would pretty much see in all of the previous Terminator movies. So that was definitely the aspect mm -hmm. about this movie that really had me intrigued. And that was actually the surprise right there. Like, unlike the John Connor twist, that was a twist that actually made me kind of go, holy crap. That was oh, a the talking, self-aware Skynet. I like that part of it. And as Don alludes to, too, as someone watching all over, the iron, ironic part of Skynet, the embodiment of Skynet, being played by Matt Smith, which if you're a Whovian, oh, yeah. that, that just that fries your brain right there. <laughs> See, he's just regenerating, that's all. <laughs> just regenerating. Paul, what about you? Uh, this idea, I like this Don's, uh, what Don's proposed here. Skynet actually being the all-seeing of all timelines. Uh, is it the computer program figuring all different alternatives? Or, mm. you know, is it, is it you know, one of those where it's computed all of these? Or is it something more? Uh, I, it's something that I didn't actually factor in. I just looked at it from the standpoint of that it is... It is uh, technology. It's a representation of our current, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the level of technology because underlying the theme of, or, uh, you know, under, underneath all of the, the Terminators is this, is this notion that you should watch out for technology. If you let technology get to a point where it starts to take things over, or that we start to give it more things to do, it will eventually lead to the downfall of mankind. So I think this is just the current thing saying, hey, you know, we're letting, we're letting social media take over, and you're going to hate me for this, but this is, again, another tie-in to the third movie. <laughs> oh, that's okay. All right. Because no, I, they, they represented that in the third movie. Yeah, uh, if they well. did. That's the only, that's the only thing that's that, that where I – Dawn's theory is, like, blowing my mind, and it actually makes <laughs> sense and everything. I actually hope it's not true because it would kind of – go in with the third movie's really pessimistic message where, oh yeah, you know that thing about no favor what we make for ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I kind of hope it's not true, but it does, <laughs> it's blowing my mind that it does make sense. It, it does. William, what oh. about you? William, well, I didn't mean oh, it that way. Hold on a second. Well, wait, no, wait. Don, go on. Go on. what did you mean then? Because just well, so I can... I mean, there's certain there's certain constants that have been happening all along right. through, through everything. Skynet becoming self-aware is inevitable. Um, uh, Kyle Reese going back in time uh, to hook up with Sarah Connor and, and and make John Connor you know baby baby John <laughs> Connor. That's inevitable. John Connor defeating Skynet in in the future is inevitable. Those things are all constants. It it just seems to me like Skynet is is monitoring more. all these different timelines, trying to find ways to make this this one John Connor defeating Skynet. So, He's trying uh, to because John Connor ultimately defeats Skynet, and Skynet keeps coming back to try to make that not happen. So as we're so as we're watching the movies, kind of do a trial and error of trying to keep things going. We're also watching really Skynet's trial and error, trial and error. of that, trying to keep things going. That's, that's Don, the thing I like. 
You're blowing okay. my mind right that's, now. That's You're blowing my mind right really now. This is, an, this is an excellent theory right here. Well, I lo- that's I'm a really interesting theory. theory. What, what, do you th- what do you think, William, uh, about this uh, Skynet actually, uh, all these movies uh, being Skynet's trial and error? Well, I think I mentioned this to either you or Paul um, after watching it. The AI, of course, that was shown, Sure. And the fact that Skynet's kind of connected to this, that, the other, and people, and almost all over the world. Do you know what exactly it, what it reminded me of? Hmm. The Red Queen from Resident Evil. <laughs> yes! 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 I was actually going to crack about that later. <laughs> uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned that, and when you said that, you know, I had that exact thought when I watched it as well, was that this is similar to the Red Queen uh, uh, program in Resident Evil. <laughs> So, so Red Queen, right. maybe Skynet. Hey, if there's zombies, you know, that's another timeline right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh wow. You, you could be. Oh, wow, we're linking all of these. Cole, what about you real quick <laughs> on this uh, uh, idea of Skynet being the overwatcher of all these timelines and what we're seeing is his trial and error? Well, I, I like that theory. I think Don, Don has, has a, a, a great idea, and I think that plays out well, although... You know, when I was watching this film, I didn't really think of any of the other sequels. I thought of the first film and how this movie answers all the questions, well, a lot of the questions I had with the first film, such as, you know, if if there's a time machine, how is it that only two entities come back to wage this epic war? How is that set up? Where is the time machine? How is it that John Connor is one and they still have to send somebody back? And how does that all play out sequentially? Those are questions I had when I watched the first film. Sure. And they play out that sequentially before the, the credits have even ended, which I think was great just in terms of setting up, mm-hmm. you know, a timeline or, or, or future timelines. Um, but also somebody had mentioned uh, the reason you know why why does skynet do this like i think it'd be funny for one of these futuristic movies and this is just i'm being totally humorous but you know to show show the war with the humans and show us all you know living devastated in these cities and then in like a a subplot you see these machines like cleaning the ocean or (laughs) uh, like uh replanting forests because these machines really don't seem to have a master plan. They seem to think we're a virus. Um, it's not just the Terminator. You can put Matrix in here or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they just nuke everything. Yeah, they don't really have any, uh, any plan beyond their own continued survival and how yeah. long can and how long can machines really last you can but, say that about you know, matrix or this yeah exactly exactly man and one final statement to tie into what don was saying and i think don had a brilliant idea uh but i i also like how arnold understands the the philosophy of time travel in this yep. <laughs> i think that's really unique i mean how well it's done is debatable but they're trying, you know. I thought that was uh, really cool. But in short, I agree with. I think that's a great idea, yeah. and certainly applies to all five movies. Well, and we'll. Wow, yeah, Don, you just you just, <laughs> suddenly you gave relevance to all the other films. Oh my God. Um, 
<laughs> with this, uh, the, the whole trial and error thing, here's go one thing further. You guys talk about purpose. What about this purpose? And now I not only have we tied in a couple other films, uh, we'll tie in the whole Matrix thing idea to this because the Matrix had a similar theory of uh, the quirk, the the uh, Neo being the the flaw in the programming. Here we have John Connor being the flaw in the grand scheme of Skynet because yeah. he's always defeating him. What if Skynet's sole purpose is to be the only existing? sentient being on the planet and his whole purpose is just using the robots as pawns and he wants to annihilate all life or it wants to annihilate uh, I automatically said he look at me um, uh, Skynet well because he's Matt Smith what do you expect um, <laughs> so, so what you're saying is Skynet is Thanos <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but think about it what about that motivation uh uh, of him, he it, it it just wants to exist itself. It it doesn't like these humans. It doesn't like any other life being around. It wants to exist by itself, and that could be its master plan. And Skynet that's is it, the ultimate emo. <laughs> <laughs> Are we leaving alone? You don't understand just me anyway. Me <laughs> Here, have some noobs. I could just imagine Skynet talking to. Um, his parents going, you're never going to understand me, Dad. <laughs> John Con- <laughs> Matt Smith comes out and goes, you never understand me, Dyson. You never <laughs> understand me. I think we're going to wrap it up here. I think we've explored this film uh, quite a bit. Uh, I, on the whole, I don't think this film is as horrible as everyone thinks, and we'll just get people's final thoughts on the on the Terminator Genesis and uh, our predictions whether or not we will actually see a sequel. I think we we all agree we probably won't. But uh, let's just say ah, no. real quick. No, let's just say real quick <laughs> our final thought on this film. And if there and if and when there is a sequel, what's kind of the one thing for sure you would like to see uh, answered or brought into the next film? Should there be one? So Cole, let's start with you. We'll go right down the line, Cole. Uh, what about you? Uh, your final thought with this film, and then uh, just what you would like to see if they do make a sequel. Well, that's a fantastic uh, thing to end with. And uh, my final thoughts on the film were I really enjoyed it. Um, it really did feel to me like T3. Mm-hmm. It felt like Terminator 3 to me. Um, you know, And I like Salvation a whole hell of a lot. And I can watch Terminator 3 as a time waster. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, my apologies to everyone involved, but the, the film is, is pretty bleak and it's kind mm-hmm. of trashy. But um, I, I I really feel like this was E3. I, mm-hmm. I could, and in fact, this could be T2, and I love Terminator 2, but I could watch the first film and then watch this film. Right. And they would be just fine. I mean, mm-hmm. that'd be a great four-hour afternoon matinee. Uh, I really enjoy it, I, and I recommend it. Sure. You know, give it a shot. Uh, uh, boy, in terms of what I'd like to see in a future film, and I will never get it because they, the way this stuff works is only once in a while somebody as smart as Christopher Nolan is able to create an entire arc and end it on his own terms. Right. It never happens. It never happens. It's happened once with the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm-hmm. And that is the only time it's happened. I don't think that even the most hardcore Batman fans really realize what Nolan accomplished was he took a franchise and it's finite within itself. 
right. you can go in, watch his work, and end and and feel good about it and feel good <laughs> like, wow, Bruce Wayne fucking rules. He made it. <laughs> great. Uh, we will never get that with Terminator, mm-hmm. but that's what I'd like to see. I would like to have the feeling that I felt when I saw Linda Hamilton drive into the storm clouds. For the first time, when I watched that in on video with a double bill with Beverly Hills Cop when I was six years old, you know, I would like to have a sense of finality and accomplishment, and not just, hey, we want your money for Terminator Six. Right. And Don, what about you? Uh, final thought with this film, and if they do make a sequel, uh, what would what's the one thing that you'd like to see from it? Okay. So final thoughts. I didn't mind the film. It 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 ended up, the more I thought about it, the more we've talked about it, the more I, I examined my feelings toward it. I really didn't mind the film. Um, I'm really annoyed that they destroyed my favorite romance, but hey, you know, <laughs> they're still the original. I can live with that. Um, but I really didn't mind the film. I, I actually think that... When I go back and, and revisit it in the future, I, I may actually end up liking it quite a bit, um, and, and I'm okay with that. Uh, for what I want more in the future, I want to explore Skynet itself more. I want to learn. I, I want well, I want more Matt Smith, but um, <laughs> also I, I really want to know more about it, how it keeps adapting. Um, I definitely want to explore more of that because, mm-hmm. as I said, we've got the constants. We know the we know our favorite characters already. Right. Um, if if they're smart, they won't change up the basic core of these characters too much. Mm-hmm. But I, what we what we've never really explored is Skynet, and right. I'd like to see. I'd like to explore Skynet more. Awesome. And Paul, what about you, sir? Uh, you're... All right. Uh, my my major thing is internet. Stop pretending you have a time machine and announcing the movie as a flop a month before it's released. <laughs> I'm just saying, yes. stop it. Watch the film. Then make your own decisions. Uh, as for the future, uh, I really hope they fix the relationships. I really hope that they do have the sequels because as long as they make them, I will be back to watch them. I love the universe. I love being in the in that universe just to experience it. And even if I might not like the movie for its technical aspects, I still love the story. Cool. And Scott, what about you, sir? Uh, like I said, I like I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning of the show. The first two third, half to two thirds of this movie, I would say, basically right up until they have the Genesis press conference. No, actually, wait, no. Until they do the helicopter chase. Basically, until they do the helicopter <laughs> chase. Everything up to that, it felt like if they had rebooted the Terminator franchise in the 90s as one of those cheesy Van Damme movies, which I love, those movies. Sure. So I was I had a great... I had a good time with this movie, but I was laughing at it all the way through. Mm-hmm. I was <laughs> laughing hysterically. At the same time, it like I said, the beginning of the film gets a lot of elements right, and it actually has some interesting ideas. If they did make the sequels, which, again, I don't think they're going to do, even though if the people have signed on, they're just not going to invest that much money into them again. Um, if they made them, uh, the thing I would like to see uh, develop more, since it was the film's weak point, 
was the relationship between John John uh, sorry not John uh, Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor. Right. Uh, it's not going to be the same relationship as the original, which Dawn rightly points out is a, one of the great iconic, you know, tragic romances. Because it's not a tragic romance. We, you know, he's he's kicking, still kicking it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, but since they kind of mishandled that this time around with all the bickering, uh, I would actually like to see that developed into something a little more uh, meaningful and stuff. Sure. And I would like them to stay away from like the what I thought was kind of a cheesy third act that was even too cheesy for me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tiger Dude, what about you, sir? <laughs> uh, for my final thoughts, I surprisingly like the movie. Like, I'm still shocked on how much the movie did not suck, in my opinion. <laughs> Um, I really uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course. Terminator, he's great. Loved Amelia Clark, Jai Courtney. Eh, he's average, but most of the I enjoyed all, most. I pretty much enjoyed the alternate timelines, even though there's some that I'm still kind of processing. But at the moment, um, when I walked out of the theater. I was like, I actually liked the movie. I thought it was actually good. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure if I rewatch the movie, I'll like it more because I'm pretty sure some of the things I didn't quite understand, I'll understand it more. So Terminator Genesis, good movie in my opinion. As far as I would like to see in the future, uh, what Don said, I would like to see them explore more of Skynet. Um, Maybe they could answer the question of who sent pops in 1984. I would actually like to know the person behind that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, uh, yeah, um, I know there's more. I just can't really sure. think of it right <laughs> now. Okay. But that's what I pretty much would like to see in the okay. future. Cool. And William, uh, if you're there, sir, uh, yet, uh, what yeah, are your, uh, your final thought kind of with this film and what you would like to see, should they make a sequel? I loved it. Mm-hmm. I had very few little problems with it, which we've already explained. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yes, I've heard a, a good handful of bad things. So there, there's. I'm thinking there's maybe a 40% chance of a sequel. Sure. But if it happens, it happens. I'll still go see it. But I have to say, it's an improvement since Salvation. <laughs> Much and- and this is a thought that I've had for a while since the third one, since they were doing different different choices with Terminators. And they never touched on this, and I hope this does not sound racist, but I think they should have a black Terminator. Good point. No, it's not racist at all. I, That's uh, actually kind of interesting. Have him more of like a, like a really tuned-up, skilled fighter-type hunter-like thing. You know what I mean? Really. Well, they originally were going to have um, uh, O.J. Simpson, but they didn't think he could pull off a killer. Oh my God! In the original, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Been like, yeah. Uh, oh, that's looking back on those movies, very yeah. awkward. No, no that's really kidding. no, that's OJ true. Simpson that's true. Was, yeah. Yeah. You just blew my fucking mind. <laughs> one, of studios, one of the studios that. When they brought uh, the original Terminator to the studios, one of the original studios said, well, we like it, but not the Schwarzenegger guy. He's not going to go anywhere. We want to get O.J. Simpson as the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, and the guy, and um, Cameron and company said, no, 
we're not doing that because no one's ever going to buy him as a killer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, can we buy Nicolas Cage yeah. as the Terminator? Oh, no, please, no. <laughs> oh, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, the Terminator whose weakness is that all he can do is emote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be back. You've I'm been gonna Cage. Be back. <laughs> and, and for me, uh, being so... Terminator 2 being such uh, one of those films for me... Uh, I will say yes. I this film did not suck. I, I think some of the criticism that it's falling on it, I think is is unjust. And this is coming from someone who really loves number two. Yeah, and no, didn't me too. Think, uh, I love that movie. I, I really it it it's one of those things. It's hard to describe, but you know my passion for films. This one is. I'm very passionate about, and I will say that even with the problems that I kind of had with the replication of the nostalgia parts, I liked where they were going with this. I understand what they had to work with, and within the context of this film by itself, uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I was entertained. Uh, There was a little more humor than I thought there was going to be in it, but that's okay. I didn't mind that. Uh, I liked the idea of Skynet still evolving and with Don's theory that just really puts a lot more things in perspective and could open up a lot more things for them to do in the sequel I would really like to see more of Skynet than just hearing about it go self-aware just hearing about it, oh yeah it launched nukes uh, see it evolve a little bit to to that bit which they did leave it open at the end of this film at the end of the credits uh, for something like that. Now, whether or not that's going to happen, well, it's not doing well at the box office, and even though they signed on for other sequels, we'll have to see. Uh, they, you know, you never know with Hollywood. They may still try to take a chance. I will say that it's a film that you can experience on the big screen, uh, especially if you're just a casual sci-fi fan. You'll probably enjoy it. Dialogue's a little cheesy and some of the special effects over the top, but you get that in any film nowadays. But Overall, long story short, yeah, it's an entertaining film. It does feel like a true sequel to the second one, even though it was a little light for me. Uh, on the whole, it's entertaining, which I didn't expect it to be, really. <laughs> so, you know, I had really low expectations, and it it, it did go above those. All right, uh, that's, you know the most that I can really say about it. So uh, we'll wrap it up here real quick. Everybody go down the line and pip your stuff quick. Uh, Cole, go ahead. You can find me on uh, Facebook. I make horror movies, and I've got cool stuff coming out over the next uh, 6 to 12 months funding, you know, but um, Shadows and Lovers Productions on uh, Facebook, Horror Roar, R-O-A-R, on Facebook, or or, uh, Cole Moretta. Um, all I do is talk movies, so if uh, even if you don't know me, you want to talk movies, uh, get a hold of me, because I make them. <laughs> You're an actor. You never know. Uh, C-O-L-E-M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H, man. And I just want to say, uh, in closing, there is a way for, the, for another movie to get made. Uh, Arnold could just put down his money and, you know, fund yeah. it. Make, uh, but, make it himself. Yeah. But anyways, uh, thanks for having me. This was fun. You bet. Don, go ahead. Um, you can find me in theaudience.net. Fantastic. Paul? 
when I'm not trying to build a time displacement device to get back into the 80s, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and WordPress at Forsaken Film Reviews. Nice. Scott, go ahead. Uh, you can find me at moviocrity.com. That's where I put all my reviews and uh, any podcasts I'm on and such. Uh, we even just uh, started, uh, just before I started recording this, started posting a look at uh, all five Terminator movies. So, I mean, whoop, whoop. you know, nice. if this wasn't enough for you, if, if you didn't hear me talk enough here, you can read more of my shit over there. <laughs> and... Um, you know, also, I have my web series, Moviocrity, which the best place to find that is at vimeo.com slash channels slash Moviocrity. Uh, I've got uh, three seasons of it, including a recent episode uh, all about the uh, Mad Max ripoffs, including the Empire of Ash quote-unquote trilogy. Yes. And uh, you can check all that out uh, over there. And uh, awesome. I, I, try, I try to keep busy because it keeps the dark thoughts away. <laughs> Tony, uh, go ahead, sir. You can find me at youtube.com slash 22tigerdude. Um, you could like my Facebook page at facebook.com slash 22tigerdude. Follow me on Twitter at tigerdude22. You could follow me now on moviepilot.com slash tigerdude22. And you could also follow me on Instagram at 22tigerdude. Oh, and one more thing, hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and William, uh, do you have anything you want to uh, throw out for people can see your stuff? Or uh, well, other than Facebook, which if you just type in my name, you're probably not going to find me right off the bat. <laughs> um, I have a Twitter. I've started using it a lot more. It's um, Stacker Three. That's all you have to type in. Stacker. Okay. My awesome. YouTube, however, I am delayed with movie reviews, so I have like about 18 that I need to upload, but <laughs> <laughs> um, Pertana Nanaluski 2. Which we have a link for uh, on the Special Mark Production site, uh, uh, as well as everybody else's on here. So make sure you check out everybody's sites on here as well. Uh, you can find links on the uh, Friends of Special Mark Productions right on our homepage for all of these fine folks' sites and Special Mark Productions where you can find my stuff as well. Uh, if you're still uh, inclined, uh, we have the archive of the podcast here, both the Hangouts we used to do and the audio-only versions as well. Uh, there's links there for my Final Cut reviews as well as the stuff I do for We Live Film. And there's going to be some more stuff going up there soon too. Uh, always visit back. Uh, make sure you subscribe, go to iTunes, comment, please, and rate us. We'd love for you to do it. And also go to uh, podcastland.net if you can. Go to the TV and movie section, look for the spoiler room, and give us a vote. Uh, they look for a, a top spoil, uh, top podcast every month, and it'd be nice to get there one month. So check it out there. If you want to email the Spoiler Room, if you have an idea for the Spoiler Room, we'd love to hear from you. Check it out at spoilerroom.smp, that's S as in Sam, M as in Mary, P as in Paul, at gmail.com. So spoilerroom.smp at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Spoiler Room, where the conversation is fresh, uh, but we do spoil the movies. And as Tony promptly said it, hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> <laughs>